Hello children and welcome to Chewing the Fat with Coach Nomi. I'm Coach Nomi and uh, I'm a certified life coach and cognitive behavioral therapy practitioner. Welcome to the first episode and on this podcast we're going to be dealing with balance in our lives. We're going to be mastering every aspect of our lives. We're going to be dealing with transformation, positive changes, setting goals, um, establishing better habits, establishing accountability, building confidence, um, and just a lot of things that will help us to live better lives, better quality of lives rather. Um, so a more fulfilling, a more full, um, joyful and passionate life that, you know, you're excited to wake up and get right into every single day instead of dragging yourself out of bed every morning. And on that note, let's get it started, guys. So let's get started, children. So the first thing, like on on this first episode, we're going to keep it light, or at least we will try to, you know, because obviously the more we get into these things, the more, you know, the deeper they become, the more serious they become, the more hectic they become. But um, we're going to try and keep it very light and, you know, try to feel good by the end of the episode instead of, you know, feeling dreadful or feeling worse off than when we started listening because essentially we are trying to live better lives, as I said in the beginning. So um, first things first. I myself have always been interested in, you know, why humans are the way that they are. Why do we behave in certain ways? Why do we think in certain ways? And what sort of factors go into making us think in those ways and making us behave in those ways? And so that's obviously why I decided to do psychology. And um, besides that, obviously, I also wanted to help people understand themselves better and live better lives um, instead of being owned by their experiences or being owned by their circumstances. Um, I fully 100% believe in taking control and that's sort of my motto my motto is take full control you know so um we're going to start with freud um i'm sure some of you have heard of him or you know know 
a few things about him because you know he's been spoken about a lot and, and you know in movies and series you hear people just you know chucking Freud in there to explain certain things um, I mean they don't really go in depth but you know I've, I've heard his name in a few um, movies and series that are psychology based or behavior based um, and things like that so we're going to look at Freud he was the founder of psychoanalysis and um, psychoanalysis is basically the form of therapy that includes a dialogue between patient and you know therapist um, and basically they dive into the patient's childhood thoughts behaviors and you know feelings towards certain things in in order to understand why the person is where they are in that moment and how then um, they can work together to change the way that they're feeling to something more positive and so that's why i thought it would be appropriate to start with freud um i will say <laughs> that um some of his theories are to be taken with a grain of salt um, because they are quite out there. Um, but, you know, you'll find that a lot of them do kind of make sense. And, you know, that's why he's still studied in psychology and sociology and, you know, all sorts of ologies. <laughs> um, so firstly, um, we're going to look at the first stage because he has these stages that he explained um, in order to understand humans and why they turn out the way that they turn out. So there's a few stages. There's the oral stage, the anal stage, <laughs> the phallic stage, and the genital stage, okay? So we're going to go through these stages and um, I just want to say that um, I believe that, you know, self-awareness, because the point of this is to be more self-aware. Um, and I fully believe that being more self-aware leads to you being able to understand yourself better and therefore having more power and more control over yourself, your actions, your thoughts, your feelings. And obviously, that if you have control over those things, it's easier to build a better life for yourself. It's easier to make certain decisions. It's easier to change certain things that you would like to change. And when you understand yourself and understand the way that you think and, you know, why you do certain things, it, you can, you know, have a look at those things and be like, oh, okay, so that's why. I feel this way about this. That's why I do this. And when you understand that, it's it's much easier, much, much easier to then change those things, fine-tune those things and build better habits instead of just, you know, going through the motions and not understanding where your behaviors and your feelings come from. Because then if you don't understand, then you can't change, you know, get what I mean? Okay, children, so enough rambling. <laughs> um, we're going to then dive into these stages that Freud spoke about. So the first stage, like I said, is the oral stage, and that is the stage from birth up to 18 months. And the erogenous zone in this stage is the mouth. 
So in this stage, you know, you're still feeding off of your mother's breast. And at some points during that stage, you're then weaned off of the breast or the bottle, whichever one you you had at that point. And the reason why the erogenous zone in this stage is the mouth is because the child gets pleasure orally in this stage um, from sucking, biting, chewing, which whichever um, whichever thing is happening at that point. But in, in that stage, the mouth is the main focus and the mo- the main um, provider of you know pleasure for the child, and so Freud said that um, there are two ways or two sort of um, places that a person can go in this stage if this stage is not well dealt with or, you know, successfully um, gone through by the individual or by the child. And so during the feeding stage, um, you get an oral passive person. So this is a person who becomes dependent because they've been excessively gratified. So this is being fed way too much. Um, they become gullible. They become dependent. They rely on others way too much for gratification. They ex- they um, they seek external validation. So that means that they they can never have full trust and belief in what they do, who they are, and, you know, their thoughts, they heavily rely on the approval of other people and, you know, trust what other people say more than they trust themselves. And they generally, in relationships, want to be mothered. Um, So they never want to be equals. They expect the other person to take care of them. And I mean, I know in relationships we expect to take care of each other, but these people in particular really, really expect you to take care of them. And so this is the oral passive person. And during, if the feeding stage is not dealt with properly in adulthood, this person becomes this overly dependent person. And then you get the oral aggressive person and this is during the teething stage. And so if also the stage is not dealt with properly, then you get a person who is hostile, a person who is aggressive, a person who likes to manipulate others, who likes to exploit others and generally likes to just be very, very dominant towards other people. And so again, if the stage is not dealt with properly, during adulthood, this person becomes quite sadistic. And then, so like I said, this is from birth until 18 months. And then the second stage is from 18 months to about three years old. And this is known as the anal stage. So this is the stage when one is being potty trained and they have to learn self-control. And according to Freud, this is when you know the child sort of develops conflict with parents for the first time because obviously the stage before that everything is being done for you one has a nappy and they can 
pretty much just piss there, defecate there. And now for the first time, you're being told this is where you have to do your business. You can't just do it whenever, wherever, you know, you, you don't have an app anymore. You have to go to the toilet. You have to hold it in until you get to the toilet. Um, so there are basically these rules for the first time that are enforced on the child. And so obviously the erogenous zone in this stage is the anus. And um, so basically this is the source of pleasure and it's interfered with <laughs> because of these rules about when and where, you know, one can do their business. And so another thing that's important in this stage is that um, there's this conflict with immediate gratification and social constraints so this is for the first time the child learns that okay there are some things that are actually not okay to do um there are some things that you know i have to learn to sort of um there are rules that i have to learn to play by if i'm going to live well in this society and not have these negative consequences come at me and um yeah obviously this is something that is quite difficult because this is again the first time that the child is experiencing this and so you get the anal aggressive human <laughs> and that's a person or well a child that pretty much defecates whenever wherever doesn't care that there's now there are now these rules that they have to play by they have to go to the toilet. They're no longer wearing a nappy. They will do their business anywhere when they feel like it. And then you also get the anal retentive person. And this is the person that will hold it in. You get these kids that, you know, when they're being potty trained, they're taken to the toilet. They absolutely refuse <laughs> to do their business. And obviously this is an issue for your insides, first of all, but also it's just a, a control, you know, kind of thing. But anyway, so this anal aggressive person will defecate anywhere, as I said, and as an adult, this person will be very impulsive. They'll be very disorderly. They'll be very hostile because, you know, at this stage, it wasn't quote unquote dealt with properly they weren't successful in this stage of self-control and so because they were anal aggressive and they refused to learn self-control at this important stage they still even in adulthood believe that they can do whatever they want whenever they want disregard all the rules disregard other people basically and just do as they please so these are the people that tend to be just you know do whatever they want they tend to be very impulsive and just chaos <laughs> chaos and ensues whenever they are around because they just can't you know be a part of society in in quote unquote a proper way and then you get the anal retentive person who then tends to be quite stubborn. They tend to be quite stingy and rigid. Um, so once they've 
set their mind on something, this is how I do this, they will stick to it 100%. Doesn't matter what you say. They, they, they are just not very flexible people. They tend to not be very flexible people. Um, they tend to, they tend to be the people that develop, um, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. And, you know, they tend to be overly neat. Um, they tend to be perfectionists because again, it's a matter of control. Um, I don't know if you know this, but OCD usually is a thing of control. So like, oh, if I don't do this, then this is going to happen. If I don't have control over this and I don't do this, then I lose control and this will happen and that will be something that's out of my control. And so, um, yeah, these anal retentive people tend to be those kind of people that, um, learn to be overly controlling that learn to be um overly rigid in their lives and their decisions and the things that they do etc and so yeah for now we will stop it right there and go into a different segment before we go on to the phallic stage and the genital stage because those are those are the more questionable <laughs> theories of Freud. So here we go. Okay, so I have a fun fact for you. So today, today is known as Anne and Samantha Day. So Anne as in Anne Frank and Samantha, who is a child who became known as America's youngest ambassador. So Anne Frank, like do your research if you don't know who Anne Frank is. Come on. <laughs> um, the child that was obviously during the whole Nazi situation um, recorded, you know, this diary that became a book and, you know, is pretty well known and is quite heartbreaking. Um, but, you know, her message, you know, inspires a lot of people. And so it's known as Anne Day. And obviously her family did survive um, because of hiding in that empty space. And um, she wrote in her diary daily. And this is what then came to inspire people and gave, you know, sort of an insight from another perspective of what that time was like. And then Samantha Smith, like I said, um, became known as America's youngest ambassador because she had written a letter to um, the Soviet leader, Yuri, at the time. And um, she, yeah, she congratulated him on his new job 
and she was just saying that, you know, I'm kind of worried about Russia and the United States getting into a nuclear war. Um, and yeah, she was writing these letters and she wasn't getting a response, but eventually she did. And, um, you know, she, like the person that responded, this leader kind of um, responded to each of her concerns. And then she became sort of an ambassador and she was traveling to the Soviet Union. She wrote a book. I think her book is called The Diary of a Young Girl and Journey to the Soviet Union. Okay, um, no, <laughs> the diary of Anne Frank and there's journey to the Soviet Union. Sorry, um, I mixed my things up there, but um, yeah, you can have a read and observe and, and Samantha Day. So that's something that's interesting about today. Um, the 21st of December, um, and then another thing that I wanted to um, talk about or another thing that I wanted to get into. So there is this, let's call it a game. There's this game. So get a pen and paper and, you know, jot these down. You can pause while you get your pen and your paper and um, you can take part in this. So I'm going to ask you three questions. This is known as Freud's three question game. You can do this with your friends or your partner or whatever. Okay. So the first question is what is your favorite animal? So obviously not a family pet or, you know, an animal that you know, <laughs> so to speak. And then name three reasons why this is your favorite animal. Okay. And then question two is, what is your favorite article of clothing? And then again, three reasons why this is your favorite article of clothing. Okay. And then once you have that down, question three is your favorite body of water. And then again, three reasons why that is. Okay, once you're, no cheating, once you're done jotting those down, then the revelation is your favorite animal is how you view yourself. So I had written down that my favorite animal is a jaguar. And the three reasons why is because it's beautiful, it's majestic, it's sexy. So <laughs> clearly I view myself as beautiful, majestic and sexy. And then my favorite article of clothing was a good coat. I love a good coat. And um, the three reasons why were because it ties everything together. Or it elevates things. Um, it's warm. Uh, it keeps you warm, you know, if need be. And it's sexy. And so this is how others view you so apparently apparently i tie everything together according to others and i'm warm and i'm sexy that's great that sexy is on both <laughs> and then the third question of your favorite body of water um my favorite body of water was of course the ocean 
and um, the three reasons why were because it's it's sort of greater than anything and you know it just kind of makes you feel insignificant like not in a bad way but like in a way that's like wow like you know nature is so beautiful there there are so many things out there and you know less things that I should worry about and more that I should appreciate so it sort of makes me look at the bigger picture and the second reason that was a long first reason the second reason was it's cooling and soothing you know you kind of feel relaxed and it's just it's it's great it gives you good vibes <laughs> and the third reason was that obviously it's fun it's fun to go to the ocean to swim with friends or yourself or whatever it's it's just it's great fun and this <laughs> is how you view sex so apparently i view sex as greater than anything (laughs) gives you you know makes you appreciate things um it's cooling and soothing (laughs) and it is a lot of fun (laughs) okay so on that note i hope um you view yourself in a very positive way and I hope others view you in a positive way. But um, I don't know. I kind of feel like you should view yourself in a more positive way than how others view you. Because I feel like that is quite important and kind of has an impact on how others view you. You know, because I, I feel like these things that I listed are kind of similar. Um in terms of how I view myself and how others view me. But anyway, let us get back to some Freud. So we stopped at the anal stage, anal retentive, anal aggressive, and now we are at the phallic stage. And so that's between the ages of three and six years old. And so this is when um, now one feels the need to identify with the same sex parent. So if you're a female, you feel the need to identify with your mother. And if you're a male, you feel the need to identify with your father. Now, this is where things get interesting. Um, So with boys, um, Freud stated that boys have this unconscious desire to possess, you know, the opposite sex parents i.e their mother and dispose of the same sex parents i.e their father so they want to possess their mother they want to dispose of their father and they have a sexual attraction to the mother and therefore see the father as an enemy or a rival and as time goes the the boy or the son or the child realizes that the father obviously won't tolerate these affections that he has for his mother and therefore fears the father will cut off his penis or castrate him and then this anxiety leads to them repressing these sexual desires for their mother and then they begin to identify with the father (laughs) I did say 
it gets quite interesting with Freud. So um, yeah, I had this theory that um, male children have this, this is called the Oedipus complex, by the way. Um, so this Oedipus complex, there are these sexual desires. There's this need to, you know, have ownership or possess or, you know, when the affections of the opposite sex parents, but then through time and, you know, there's a realization that, okay, this behavior will not be tolerated and the father's here to stay and he might just castrate me. So let me just get my act together and repress or announce these feelings that I have towards my mother and then obviously begin to identify the father because actually we have the same parts and you know we both love this person etc and so yeah that's with the male child now with the female child there is what freud called the electra complex and so in this electra complex the girl realizes that they like a penis and so they develop penis envy so they wish they had a penis <laughs> and then they blame they blame the mother for their lack of a penis like hey you made me you forgot my penis <laughs> what is up with that and so they become more hostile towards their mother and they wish to possess their father but of course over time you know these feelings subside and they become repressed as freud says and then this female child starts to identify more with the mother and you know does away with these these weird feelings of penis envy and you know hostility towards the mother so if this stage is not properly dealt with then in adulthood the man will become very boastful, he will become very vain and overly ambitious. And then with the women, if they don't deal with the stage properly, then they become overly flirtatious and they become seductive and they become very naive, <laughs> Freud says. Um, and I think, you know, we can think of, I'm sure you can think of a few people who behave in these ways. And so according to Freud, if one behaves this way, it's because there are certain things that they haven't dealt with between the ages of three and six. Um, they were not able to successfully conquer this stage um, of identifying with the same sex parents, because obviously with the same sex parents, um, they are mostly like you and they are the ones that you are quote-unquote supposed to identify with and you know the one that you model after as a child because you see that oh we're kind of the same and so um you know I will learn how to behave I will learn how to be um from this person that's more like me as opposed to the other person that's there's something different about the other one you know what I mean? I mean I mean I'm just thinking from a child's perspective as you know you're growing up and then at the onset of puberty there is the genital stage and obviously the erogenous zone at this stage is the genitals and so obviously at this stage our bodies are changing a lot um we're going through 
um, a lot of identity crises and you know we're learning about ourselves we're learning about our bodies we're learning to form relationships and all sorts of things but obviously as we can see by you know these things that we've gone through we can see that this process kind of starts earlier on so by the time that one reaches puberty yes this is seen as the start of you know when we start to discover these things but really it's it started quite early early on and all these things have an effect on who we become how we think um you know the sort of decisions we make whether we're involved in risk behavior or whether we're into you know certain certain you know we get certain friends we give in to peer pressure all those kinds of things it starts pretty early on um so at this genital stage um sexual and aggressive impulses resurface this is according to freud by the way um sexual and aggressive impulses resurface um we then start to become aware and then start to you know develop an interest in the opposite sex you know before puberty we're just like ew boys ew girls <laughs> you know what i mean um but at this stage this is when you sort of start to develop an interest and be like hmm actually maybe <laughs> you know um we start to establish these intimate relationships we start learning to work with others um we start learning to think of others um we learn to postpone gratification so instead of that instant gratification like oh i want this and i want it now um you know we learn better and we have self-control um which of course again is something that came up earlier on and so if you don't deal with that stage successfully it's going to be a problem then at this stage and then we also learn to become more responsible which i think again is something that has to do with self-control and which is something that came up earlier on and if one is not successful in that then one will have issues later and that is going to be a problem and so that is going to be the end of freud that we're going to talk about today um but like when you listen to this and you look at these different stages and you think about your own childhood um i myself was not around my parents during this stage and so i think that's you know when when i think about these things and you know i kind of apply them to myself um i think that's when you know that sort of gap developed between myself and my parents um because these crucial stages these crucial points were experienced without them um and so it was not easy to then develop that close relationship once one has had these you know defining experiences with 
someone else i.e my grandparents and so yeah like give those a think think about your own childhood think about how you experience these different stages maybe even ask your parents if they're still around ask them about how you were and how you dealt with these different stages and look at the person that you are now (laughs) and see if these hold true for you and um yeah so that is where we're going to end it today and take care of yourselves love yourselves forgive yourselves for these things you know we're all we can do is become aware and do better next time we can't change the past so there's actually no use in holding on to the past um not to diminish or belittle our experiences but um i'm saying that to say that what has happened has happened we cannot change it what we can change is what we do from now going forward and you know the more we understand like i said the more we understand the better we can become at identifying certain things about ourselves identifying significant moments that call for you know action call for redirection so that we can build better habits we can work towards those beautiful fulfilling joyful lives that we want to live and stop just going through the motions day to day so you're important and you deserve better so do better children take control and that is the end of our first episode yay i'm so excited to do more episodes and in the next episode we're going to be looking at another person called erickson who also has these different theories about the different stages that we go through from childhood and um i think i'm going to also be switching these little these these segments that i have i'm going to be switching the music around because i'm still testing it out (laughs) so just bear with me be patient with me we try things we make mistakes we do better such as life children okay and on that note have a good rest of your day or have a great evening whenever you're listening to this but um yeah have a great monday or have a great whatever day you decide to listen to this um and goodbye Thank you.